0: Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe
1: Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's
0: roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between uh, throwing it down as we throw it down Twisted Tuesday style. And the Los Angeles Clippers have been thrown out. The bubble has been burst. Uh, For the heavily hyped Kawhi and Paul George uh, led Los Angeles Clippers 104, 89 is the final score. As the Joker gets the last laugh, 16, 22, and 13. That's right, 16, 22, and 13. Is that good? I don't know, uh, because I guess it is. Is is that good? I guess yeah, it's pretty damn good. As the Denver Nuggets came back uh, down 3-1 against the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets come back down. 3-1 to the Los Angeles Clippers. And now the Denver Nuggets will take on the Los Angeles Lakers as the National Basketball Association bubble is officially down to its final four. And as epic as Denver's comeback uh, was in a basketball world, is shaking uh, right now. The ramifications uh, are big. The uh, Los Angeles uh, Clippers power play, the super team, uh, falls uh, short. How uh, big is this uh, window? Is the window gonna be open for how long for the Los Angeles Clippers? Kawhi Leonard falls apart. Paul George falls apart. A complete disaster, and nightmare for a Los Angeles Clipper uh, organization. And um, of course, a Clipper organization hasn't been in Los Angeles for its entirety, uh, but a franchise that has never made the conference finals before. And it appeared as if though after 49 years they were knocking on the door, but when it's all said and done, The Joker uh, gets it done, and the Denver Nuggets uh, will take on the Los Angeles Lakers, and the lack of love uh, for the Denver Nuggets continues. The Denver Nuggets are getting six and a half points in game one. Lakers open up at the five to one uh, range, minus 500 uh, series uh, favorites against the Denver Nugget team that just cashed it, take it as one of the biggest uh, underdogs. An upset wins in NBA playoff history. Let us not forget. Doesn't feel like it was one of the biggest upsets ever. Uh, but fact is, the Los Angeles Clippers were minus 1,500 series uh, favorites. Denver wins again. Sports late night has begun. Bring it. That's your race. I just can't live without rage <laughs> Los Angeles Clipper fans uh, with some Rage-A-Hall right now, or at least they want some. They want some. Come get it. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down. It's a Twisted Tuesday, the late night anger management class. Uh, we well, got a lot of stuff to bang on uh, tonight, including one of the biggest uh, upsets in uh, recent history in the NBA playoffs. and. The numbers just speak for themselves, even though it doesn't feel like it. Does it have a feel like this is one of the biggest upsets um, ever? No. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, the Los Angeles Clippers were 15 to 1 series favorites, minus uh, 1,500. All right. And when they were up three games to one, they were uh, as high as 100 to one. As 100 to one. The Denver Nuggets went down three games to one. We're paying in the 20-to-1 uh, range to come back. A basketball team that had already come back down 3-1 against the Utah Jazz. Let's bring in a, a numbers man uh, right now. Our numbers man, Steve Merrill, steps up and in. Steve, it's always a pleasure. Thank you uh, very much for taking the time to be in this, pro com in the house, wager talk. And you know what? Tony Finn's going to join us uh, later, so we're all about wager talk uh, tonight. So, uh, Steve... You know, like I said, it doesn't have that feel like – because the Denver Nuggets are a good basketball team. So it just goes to show just how off that number actually was because Denver are a good team. It doesn't have a feel like, oh, it's one of the biggest upsets ever. But numbers speak for themselves. A minus 1,500 series favorite just went down, Steve.
1: Yeah, and I got to get off before Tony's on. There's not not enough room for the three of us, Gabe. Tony's my man. We do the uh, NBA show every day at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Waiter Talk TV on YouTube. And tomorrow will be our first day off since the bubble began. Actually, correction, our second day off. We did not have a show on that Thursday after the Milwaukee Bucks protested and sat out a few weeks ago. We took that Thursday off and did a Friday preview show then for the weekend when the playoffs you know, were about a, a, m- a month ago. But yeah, no show tomorrow. There's no NBA, so uh, I won't be talking to Tony tomorrow. But hey, we, we talked about the Clippers on the show today, and basically Teddy's on there with me as well. Teddy covers and. We all said the same thing. We were staying the hell away from that game tonight. We just didn't know what to make of it. But as we went around and talked for about 30 minutes today on that game, we all kind of started liking the Clippers a lot by the end of the show. So it's a good thing we didn't play it, though, I guess. And um, Teddy and I both had them in game six on Sunday. Um, obviously, that was the game. They are up by 16, and they get blown out in the second half. Uh, that's why Teddy and I both stayed off them in game seven, and it's a damn good thing we did so, I guess.
0: I took the, uh, the Denver Nuggets uh, tonight, but – just basically, you know, I don't know if it was out of spite, but I took them not with a lot of confidence. Not with a lot of confidence, Steve. You know what I mean? I, I can't, like, pat myself on the back uh, right now. And I can't pat my – I didn't have them in the series, even though I took them in, in pretty much every game. I never thought they were going to win. You know what I mean, the series. was so like, it's like, wow. I always thought Kawhi Leonard's pedigree uh, would be the difference eventually. That he would just sort of step up and say, all right, enough of this stuff. But – There was just too many obstacles to overcome, not to mention Denver are a good team, yet Toronto Raptor fans feel a little bit vindicated uh, right now. You know, it's tough seeing your ex succeed. And, you know, to put it in perspective, uh, Steve, he won the NBA championship. He was the NBA Finals MVP. He got offered, uh, you know, max max money, short-term contract, and he still left to pull his own power play To go to the Los Angeles Clippers is the the only NBA Finals MVP in the history uh, of the NBA ever to uh, voluntarily leave a team uh, after. So it's almost like the basketball gods uh, caught up to him a little bit. But what a complete meltdown uh, by the Los Angeles Clippers.
1: Yeah, and I mean, as a neutral fan of none of these teams, I'll be rooting for anybody but the Lakers. I don't like how they all pile up onto one team and make these super teams. I don't think it's good for sports. You know, when we grew up in the 80s, Gabe, you know, we had powerhouse teams. Like, my Redskins were a legitimate powerhouse. They drafted those guys. They signed those guys. They kept them. Now it's like whoever's the highest bidder, in basketball especially. Baseball is bad, but the NBA is the worst because one or two guys can make a franchise and it's nice to see a team like the Nuggets make some noise. Um, You know, I'll be pulling for the Celtic Heat winner most likely if they're playing the Lakers. Um, We'll see what happens, though. You know, it's a crazy season, obviously, with the bubble. It's the first time in history a team has come back from 3-1 deficits and back-to-back series to win. I think the Nuggets, when they did it against Utah, it was only like the ninth time it had ever happened in the NBA playoffs. Now they've done nice. it twice yeah. within a month. But, but, of course, both times they would have been, you know, they would have been the home team against Utah, but they would have been the road team here. And home game seven favorites, you know, went over 85% of the time. They don't cover all the time, but they win. Obviously, L.A. didn't have that advantage. But that Clipper team just could never get it going. Um, and when you have Tony on later, it was, it was a big discussion we had last week on our NBA show, was that Teddy and I both said going into game four the Nuggets had outplayed the Clippers for the most parts of games two and three. Tony disagreed. But what Tony's point was that the Clippers, when they wanted to turn it on, could. And I told him, I go, look, we all agree on that. They're the better team when they want to be. But they haven't been, and they weren't in the yeah. game six second half, and they couldn't do it tonight. They just couldn't flip that switch and turn it on. And by the way, Gabe, let's remember Milwaukee, a one seed, they get bumped. The Clippers, they underachieve. The three teams during that little three-day shutdown a few weeks ago, the Bucks started it obviously. They're the ones that walked out on that Wednesday. Everyone else followed. But keep in mind, the Clippers and the Lakers were the two that are, you know, rumored to be going home as well until Michael Jordan kind of pulled everything back together. So all of a sudden, the Clippers and the Bucks vastly underachieve. The Lakers haven't so far. Uh, but something got to keep in mind with the you know the way the season played out for the Clippers and the Bucks.
0: Yeah, I don't think that. I think it's more so that it's the home court.
1: I don't think it's a coincidence,
0: as you stated. it's only been nine times that um, it's only been nine times before the teams had come back from down three-one. Seven percent, um, because I remember talking about it vividly. So it was seven percent of the time. So Denver wins against uh, Utah. Denver wins uh, tonight against the Clippers. Uh, a game seven. You talked about Milwaukee. Milwaukee never went to game seven, but a one seed gets bounced. Um, the I'd like to know, like I guarantee you, it's been a hell of a long time that basically the one and the two seeds, three of the four of them, got bounced in the second round of the playoffs, and. Like, do you say, like, basically, like, if this game was in Los Angeles tonight, that, with with fans, totally changes the dynamic of Denver winning this basketball game tonight. Toronto Raptors would have played a game seven against the Boston Celtics. Would have changed it drastically as well. It's such a home court dominated. But that's the thing. It isn't. You know what I mean? We can talk about shoulda, coulda, and if this team, and if that guy hits a shot, and, yeah, if Siakam plays better, the Raptors win. He didn't. Right? (laughs) It's like, and... They're all playing under the same rules right now. I find it interesting, actually. I, I, you know, There's no asterisk next to this. It's a definitely unique season. There's no asterisk next to any of this stuff for me, but it definitely goes to show the power of home court in the NBA, Steve, to me. I don't think we have all these upsets.
1: I totally agree. And uh, by the way, after they were up one nothing. Their odds, their adjusted series price, they had a ninety-seven percent chance of winning the series, the Clippers with the 1-0 lead. Now I thought that was a little extreme. But yeah, as dude, you referenced, let me just throw something in game, here,
0: Steve, too. Look at the yeah. MLS Cup. I know you, you were all over the MLS Cup. Dude, Steve, the Orlando Orlando FC or whatever the hell they're called. Orlando City, okay? They had played sixty two games in their franchise history, essentially like their last sixty two games, they won eleven times. They went to the finals of the MLS's back tournament. All the top teams got bounced. Like, you know, we sort of knew this coming in. I wonder, like, how do do we play this into baseball? But, sorry, I just want to throw that out there, that the bubble stuff, look at hockey, bro. It's weird. Like, the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars weren't supposed to be going to the Stanley Cup. Here are the Dallas Stars going to the Stanley Cup. The New York Islanders, you know, are down 3-2 right now. The bubbles and the hubs have led to strange results.
1: Oh, no question about it. Yeah, that's why I said. Like, we can't say that this is a normal season. They're, first of all, all, the games are all neutral courts. So the advantage of home court in the NBA, which is stronger than any sport other than college basketball, maybe, has been thrown out the window. So right away, that helps the underdogs. And then, as I said earlier, I think the Clippers, you know, I don't think the Bucks are ever focused. I mean, they lost 10 games in the entire regular season. They lost 10 in the bubble. And then you yeah. look at the Clippers. They wanted but to go home a Steve, couple weeks ago.
0: And we got to go to a break. We'll continue this. But remember, Steve the bucks were discombobulated long before the protest or anything like that like they lost to the Nets as 19 point favorites before that stuff Fort La night continue.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe morenzi Rage all you want. My name's Bobby and I am an
1: addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. Bye. Bye.
0: You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers.
1: You are here because you are terrible gamblers.
0: Okay, Bobby.
1: These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better
0: at it. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Ben, your age. Tony Finn will step up and in. From Las Vegas, uh, Nevada a little bit uh, later on. We're talking NBA basketball right now. ton of stuff uh, to get to uh, tonight, including the New York Islanders survive as uh, they live to play another game in the National Hockey League uh, Hub 3-2 series uh, there. Of course, the Dallas Stars await uh, the winner. The Dallas Stars go into the Stanley Cup. The Los Angeles Clippers, the heavily hyped Los Angeles Clippers, a heavily hyped Los Angeles Clipper-LA Lakers series um, has been been scratched, uh, Steve. It's amazing. The Clippers, 49 years of their existence, not just in Los Angeles, but 49 years of their existence. Never made it to the conference finals uh, before. And, you know, we're talking about a team here that pretty much, you know, Kawhi Leonard stabbed the Raptors in the back, uh, a lot of behind the scenes, wheeling and dealing, uh, the Paul George deal out of Oklahoma City, uh, bringing in a ton of other pieces uh, as well. Like, like I said, like I, I personally believe we'll see down the road. After you're gonna see, like, after when Kawhi retires, that all he quote unquote, you know, bought, um, 10% of the Clippers for like a dollar or something. Like, God knows, like what, what his deal is really that he went there, Steve. I mean, word was at the time that, NBA, a couple of NBA GMs leaked that they said that Kawhi's uncle, who reps him, was asking for like planes and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, we want the contract and, you know, and a plane and, like, you know, part ownership. And they said, you're not allowed to do that. Like, we can't, you can't give ownership to a current player. We can't give you, like, stuff that's not in the contract. Like, we can't give you, like, planes, essentially. So, I don't know. And you know, a Balmer is a multi, multi, you know, billionaire. He's the richest guy in sports, essentially. So they spent a ton of money uh, to put this together in Los Angeles. Falls apart. Doc Rivers right now. And that's the culture of the NBA, uh, Steve. NBA media, NBA fans, they'll hype you up fast, bro. Uh, You know what? It's almost like the English soccer scene. NBA fans and the NBA media will hype you up fast. You hit a couple of threes and you're a stud. But, man, they'll come at you hard uh, after when you fail. Uh, But uh, Doc Rivers is being called out. You talked about the 3-1 series leads. And it's extremely rare. This is Doc Rivers' third time that he's blown a three-one series lead before. Something that's uh, being brought up right now.
1: Yeah. So the adjusted series price was uh, eighty to one after going into Game Five with a three-one lead. You could have gotten thirty-four to one on the Nuggets, but so the true odds was ninety-eight percent when they were up one nothing. It was ninety-seven percent. That seemed a you bit odd. You do They never, the never give you that
0: though. Right. Really, because I saw people right. out there well, that, twenty the to one. 22 to
1: what exactly? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, well, that's what the middle is. It was 41 to 45, 22 to one take back going into game two. So, if you take the middle there, it's 97 percent. Um, I thought that seemed high, however, going into game five, it was 98 percent chance the Clippers win. And if you do the math, the Nuggets were basically a three to one underdog in games five, six, and seven to win straight up. You know, they were like plus 270, plus 300 on the money lines, so it's about 25 percent. 0.25 times 0.25 times 0.25 is 2%. So that's the true there was a 2% chance the Nuggets would win these last three games is what they did as a seven to eight point underdog. Wow. Now you can make an argument those lines weren't accurate because they won straight up, but um that's how big of a collapse it was. The Clippers had a ninety eight percent chance to win one of these last three games mathematically, up by sixteen points in game six. As I said, I stayed off of this game tonight, but my gut was kind of telling me the more we talked about it today on the NBA show is that you know, they will play like a Class A team, but I guess they just weren't. I will say it's a shame that we're not getting the Laker-Clipper matchup. I would have enjoyed watching that series. As much as I hate seeing these teams build each other just on free agents and money, it would have been a great series. And I guess, Gabe, the one nice takeaway is that we know the NBA is not totally fixed and corrupt because you know they sure as hell didn't want this series.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. But you know what? Denver took that away from them by delivering the knockout punch, by winning by 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like really oh, yeah, now exactly. it's, yeah, I know they really did. It's like, you know what I mean, you gotta don't leave it to the judges, man. Don't let them screw around. Because uh, you right. know, you saw fan with Boston. So now, you know, you just sort of, you know, read my mind in a way. What's what's the ideal matchup now if you're the NBA? After all this, <laughs> come on, the Boston Celtics against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. It doesn't get much yeah. better than that for them. That's even better than the Clippers stuff. I mean, the Clippers are nobodies. People don't even like them in Los Angeles. Like, Kawhi got booed at the Dodger game. You know what I mean? They don't even like them. Like, they're, they're, it's a Laker town. It doesn't matter. Like, they're on the back page. It's the same thing in New York, dude, with the Brooklyn Nets. They can sign Kyrie. They can sign uh, KD. It doesn't matter. The Knicks can win 18 games. The Knicks will still be more popular than they are. It's just, uh, they're, they're, it just is, it is the way uh, that it is. But, Steve, it's something that's fascinating. You and I have talked about it. I brought this up with Teddy when the bubble started, or early in the bubble, and I liked it as far as hockey is concerned. It was basically, it started with the Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins, okay? So they came out of the gate, Steve. They played five games in their series. And I realized, like, so it was new as far as, like, you know, playoffs and the zigzag and no home ice and stuff like that. And they weren't changing the numbers, Steve. Like, every game, it was the same thing. You know, the Montreal Canadiens were, like, plus 170. And they won the series in four games. So, I was like, I don't know, dude. They've won two or three already, and they're plus 170 again, so I'm going to take them again. And, (laughs) you know, they won. I was like, wow, that was pretty profitable. So, then they lost in six to the Philadelphia Flyers, but it was the same thing. Um, You know, the number really didn't change. A classic great example is, like, the Vancouver Canucks lost in seven games to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I want a ton of money in the series, Steve. It went seven, but Vancouver were like plus 200 every game. You know what I mean? So, but every game. So, like, the number really didn't change. Plus 185, 195, plus 210. It was in that range all the time. Yet, you know, you go three and four at plus 210, you're winning money. Right? And look at the uh, Milwaukee-Miami series, Steve. You know, same thing. First three games, five points, five points, five. It was like, guys, you know, Miami are better than they are. And they keep winning. And it's the same number; they don't change. That's the that's been the most fascinating thing to me as far as betting the bubble and the hub stuff, and and the coolest thing. If yeah, you like, Teddy the underdog. had a
1: couple. Yeah, Teddy had a couple of strong five percent best bets at Wager Talk on the Heat and the Milwaukee series. I'm sure you guys talked about that. He uh, he cashed big with the he cashed big going against Milwaukee with the Heat. I was on the other side of a couple of those. You know, I was using my twenty twenty five years of experience with. Class A teams, the best team in the league the last two years record-wise, they bounced back. They sure as hell didn't do that. It was a different world. And, T- hey, by the way, Teddy had a great stat. He's the one that had that 10-loss stat. The Bucks going into the bubble were 54-10 and 10 this year. Before the bubble, they went 8-10 and 10 in all bubble games, regular season, playoffs. That's just how bad they were. Like you said, Gabe, before the break, they were bad before the playoffs, before the walkout began. They just were never there in the bubble.
0: Yeah, no, they weren't, and you know, God knows what's going on now. There's a lot of a lot of rumors, but I don't know what's factual or not. So the Denver Nuggets get six and a half now. So early we're hearing early, and not everyone has them posted yet. But immediately after the fact, um, minus five hundred Lakers series price against uh, the Denver Nuggets. Denver once again not getting any love, and I tell you what, you know, Utah are a damn good basketball team. They came back and beat them. Uh, the L.A. Clippers have a lot of talent. Like, I know people are instantly, right away, gonna they're going to write Denver off right away again, and we see uh, game one point spread. Denver gets six and a half, Steve. I think they can play with the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen the real series price, but I'm surprised by that because they did. One prominent offshore book did have look-ahead bettable lines for both matchups today, and it was going to be the Lakers minus 130, Clippers even. And it was Lakers minus 270, Nuggets plus 210. Now, that did seem a little low to me, um, but I'd be shocked if it's minus 500. But I have not seen a live number. But there was a bettable line this morning, which is minus 270, take back plus 210, Lakers, Nuggets. So we'll see what it comes out at.
0: Yeah, I feel as if though um, – I feel the same way. I feel as if though that, you know, minus 300 would be the um, – would be more, more of the number. You know, you know what I'm saying would be more more of a fair number. The Lakers are a very, very public team though, right? So and you but the thing yep. is, like you said, the I've always told people this, and you and I have talked about this, that the game one series, game one money line price is pretty much the same, Steve, of what of what like the series price is usually. It's very, very correlated.
1: And by the way, Gabe, I'm seeing a live number now, one of the other prominent offshore books. Minus 550 series, plus 430. So, boy, that look-ahead line was – what did the Nuggets do wrong tonight to make you like – like for people to like them twice as much less than before the game? I told <laughs> I you. I guess that was just a bad look-ahead number. That's crazy, is The Westgate's
0: West done minus 500. So, I'm telling I you, that it it's, it's in the 5
1: to Yeah, that, Yeah, so that's the number. Yeah, I see it offshore as well. So, that's two different books we're looking at. So the look ahead line was minus 270. That was just a bad number, I guess, but that was a prominent book. I saw that head today uh, just shows how soft those look ahead numbers can be, I guess. But, um, I find it interesting. If you told me the nuggets were going to win by 15 and I, you wouldn't thought the line would be a lot, lot higher, you know? <laughs> so that's no. interesting.
0: Oh, no, but it goes to show they're like people's attitude. Oh, no, well, they're not going to beat the Lakers. Right. It goes right into, right into that, you know, mode. Oh, they're not, they're not going to beat the Lakers in which, you know, they can't beat the Lakers. Why can't they beat the Lakers? You know, but it, it goes to show, listen, LeBron, LeBron's not easy to beat. It's going to be a fun matchup, man, between Jokic and uh, and AD. That's going to be a fun series. And, of course, you have the Miami Heat, who have a one nothing series lead over the Boston Celtics, which was a crazy, epic uh, basketball game. Bam! In the house with a monster block on Jason Tatum. Tatum tries to go like kingpin and slam dunk his way to Corey it was blocked more Merrill on the other side. And our Twitter's blowing up. I got a couple of cool poll questions, but I got so many tweets about Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. I can't, uh, I can't keep up. <laughs> Twitter is overwhelming uh, right now. Uh, but we had a cool poll question. and We'll get to it a little bit later on, uh, Steve. I threw it out there about the, you know, today they announced that the World Series is going to take place in Texas on on a neutral field. And, you know, the, the National Championship uh, Series, uh, San Diego, et cetera, Houston, San Diego, uh, respectively. So I thought, you know, I thought it was an interesting concept. You know, you look at the Super Bowl, is it a neutral uh, neutral field? And especially baseball as well, in which weather can really impact the sport. It's a summer sport, yet you're playing in winter conditions. And we've seen this stuff get into November uh, at times. So I was wondering, you know, I was thinking, you know, it's not a bad concept. Should they sort of have like a World Series festival? You know what I mean? Two weeks out of place, 10 days in a place. People can go hang out. You make it like the Super Bowl and there's like a baseball world. And you know what I mean? You know, you could really make an event of it. And I, I was thinking about other other sort of pandemic in you know induced rules and changes that uh, that have been brought upon us that should stay after the fact seven inning double headers runner on second base um five game first round playoff series instead of seven a lot of you know a lot of different tweaks and you know why not you know why not learn from this stuff steve because some of the stuff has been pretty cool
1: yeah, Gabe, I'll tell you the baseball one I would keep. You didn't mention is that relief pitchers had to throw to what three batters or fifteen pitches? What's that rule? That's the one I that's like. That's here to stay. That's that that
0: that's not because of the pandemic. They actually did that before the pandemic. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. That's like, yeah, yeah, that's oh, okay. actually here to stay. And you know what? Same with the second base thing. The second base thing had been in the works for years, like the DH. It just sort of accelerated to huh. do it, but like they didn't. They didn't say, all right, now let's make it so you can only, you know, you got to stay on the hill for three batters. No, no, no. They came up with that before before the pandemic even. But you like that, huh?
1: Nice. I like it. I mean, hey, look, I went to high school with Javier Lopez, who's the left-handed reliever for the Red Sox and Giants. Most people have never heard of him because he pitched like, you know, he'd be a guy that had 50 games pitched, 20 innings for the season because <laughs> he's a lefty. He was a lefty side, uh, side submariner. Late 30s, he, he was with the Rockies. He started sidearming in the minors, changed his career. He was with the Red Sox for, for the World Series, the Giants a few years ago for World Series. Nice run. I mean, he had the best gig in baseball. he threw throw like three pitches a game to like one hitter. But it slows the game down big time, and it's, you know, it's a little bit too much strategy almost. I like the fact you have to face a few guys because it takes that out of it.
0: It what was do, good for Javier though. What do you think of the runner on second base?
1: I don't I hate like it. it actually. Um, and like you, yeah, said, I don't hate it. I'm yeah.
0: to admit, I, I, I bitched about it at the time as a trader. What the hell are we doing? But I'm not going to lie. I'm just as a selfish gambling man. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Am I going to win or am <laughs> I going to lose this bet? Let's just do it. It's almost being at the table. Roll the damn dice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like,
1: I mean. It's, it's like overtime in basketball or overtime with an over under you're screwed. If you have the under, you know, or in any sport, basically, it's like in football, the old overtime rules is kind of a crap shoot, you know, whoever got the ball first. And then I, I felt the same way with that. But the one I like the least is probably the seven inning double headers. But then again, I don't like nine inning double headers any better. So hell with it. Might as well make them seven innings because they suck either way to handicap. And um, I like the runner on second though. Um, I just like the strategy it brings in. We can bunt the guy over and just different things. It's kind of like the college football overtime. You look back now, you're like, man, how the hell did they ever let college football games into the tie when we had a national poll system? They only played like 11 games a year. You know, how did it take well, so long to get a damn overtime system in college football?
0: Imagine now today's society, the way people are with social media, that if the national champion, Steve, was decided by the media, with
1: votes <laughs> the ap and upi yeah
0: well the ap the <laughs> ap poll says the ap what fake news what the ap blah, blah, blah. like people would flip <laughs> guys like for older like you, i don't think you guys don't realize this like it used to just be votes you'd have different like co-champions and stuff The coaches poll and the ap poll and then um and then people like flipped out remember steve and i was the one like we look back on how we flip about everything I so we had voters voting and you know what it wasn't that bad. I didn't I, you know Michigan won under that system so I wasn't complaining <laughs> and <so> Michigan <laughs> won a championship but remember when the BCS came in people were like what? So you're telling me that a computer is going to decide who plays for the championship? <laughs> and people were like this is the most ridiculous. I'm never no this is this you can't do this. You can't have computers, not BCS, B, BS crap. Remember, people flipped. And then we look back on the BCS, man. They never got it wrong. <laughs> like, those computers with the BCS were pretty good, Steve.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I've said all along, if you wanted to get it right no 20 emotion, years ago, you should let the odds makers tell you the four best.
0: Yeah, had no motion exactly. The computer was like, I don't care like how popular you are on TV. This is what you are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the um, the, the BCS was – and now you got the four-team playoff, which is so much better than just a two-team BCS, and that's an, actually a committee which mixes a little bit of both things. I, and it's like the – hey, look, the NCAA tournament works. It's the greatest thing in all of sports. And it's because there's arguments over who should get in, who shouldn't get in. And I've always said if you really want to be fair, you'd have an eight-team playoff. You'd have one extra round because there's always a legitimate bitch about the fifth team because we have a – first, you have five power conferences. Somebody by default gets up. A lot of times two of them get left out now because two SEC teams make it. You're never going to have the ninth and eighth the eighth and ninth place teams never have as much of a bit a bitch as the fifth place team. But then again, Gabe, I'm not so sure they don't do it on purpose because they like the controversy. It's good it's free marketing, it's free media
0: yeah you're exactly right. I remember um years ago college football, one of the powers of being at college football was asked about that about that system. you know it said you're the only sport that like doesn't decide and you know. And it was basically, it was after, like, a tie game. <laughs> it was, like, college football tie game. And, like, it was, like, one of those, like, you know, Colorado Buffaloes were 10-0-1. You remember, it was, like, a weird year. It was, like, everyone had weird records. And like, someone was, like, 9-1 and 8-0-1. And like, they used to not play 12 games whatever. And I remember the college football guy. I don't know if he told Larry King. He goes, well, any publicity is good publicity, right? And he goes, we, yeah, we kind of like that people talk right. about it. He goes... And, like you said, they like that. The people arguing in a sports bar. No, Michigan. No, no, Wisconsin. No, no, Clemson deserve that, (laughs) right? Like, they like that. Talk radio, TV, controversy. They really do believe in that. They, you know, they, they, I think that's also, they, they, they like that sort of element to their sport. I think that's why they also, they don't want 16 teams in the playoffs. And, you know, it's funny because we bit, I bitch. We all bitch about all ways. Uh, I hate, off oh, baseball, you have 16 teams in the playoffs. And then college football, oh, put 16 teams in the playoffs, right? <laughs> like, I think eight is enough. I don't need to see the ninth and 10th team. I think we can go with eight, a little bit more than four. I, I, listen, I always said about the power conferences, but nevertheless, that's a debate. The other thing I put in the, in a Twitter, Twitter question, what do you think about this, Steve? Monday night football, Monday night football, double headers every Monday. You down with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now that we go back to one, it almost feels like
0: like slim, doesn't it? It's like, what, It's only one game now?
1: (laughs) Well, here's the other thing, Gabe, is as you very well know, I mean, Sunday night football is the new Monday night football for the last 15 years. And I didn't realize until the Ram Cowboy game was on that this is the 15th year of of Sunday night football. So that means it started, what, 2006, because this would be the 15th season. But man, I would have taken the under, wouldn't you? I would have thought it was, like, early 2000s, late 90s. Like, I honestly don't remember not having Sunday night football like in 04 and 03. I mean, yeah, I've been doing this in 96. you would have asked 96. me over
0: under 15 years. I would have said over. And what about the, oh, what about yeah. the Thursday night Super Bowl? I'm still not sure Super it's Bowl. right. <laughs> the Super Bowl winner playing on Thursday nights, 21 years. I couldn't believe it was that long. I'm like, nah, No, man, no I mean, way. I
1: mean, Is that really right? I would have said, yes. like, 10 or 7.
0: <laughs> me too, Steve. I'm the yeah, same way. Old.
1: I'm we're like, there's old, no man.
0: way, because I saw the stats, Super Bowl winner, 17-3. and three. I'm like, as if. I'm like, we haven't been doing this for 20 years on Thursday night. I'm checking. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah actually, yeah, man, check, yeah. That all adds up. So we've had that all, longer than we've old, had man. Sunday
1: night football? I'm shocked by that. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> no, Sunday night
0: football feels like, if you asked me, like, point blank, I would have said it's been around for, like, I don't know, 23
1: years or something. <laughs> since, the, since the 90s I at been, least.
0: It been a long time. Yeah, like, be late like, 90s. Our, um,
1: and yeah, by the way, know. Gabe I was I, I loved your Hawaii bubble Your Hawaii bubble idea, by the way I loved, as you know, for the NFL season
0: oh, yeah, I yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah, it to yeah. someone
1: the other week and They said there might not be enough room for all the executives The teams, all the personnel and I was like, well, maybe that's a good point Maybe, even though there are a lot of hotels It might not have been a big enough island for like A few thousand um, But I, I meant to throw that out to you the other week Because I love that idea, otherwise, as you know
0: Yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to do the Super Bowl like So uh, look, that's what baseball's doing So, all right, so let's let's do the playoffs
1: Playoffs on Hawaii.
0: Yeah, a couple of picks uh, on the way out here, Steve. So uh, Boston and Miami, hell of a basketball game. Boston two-point favorites again in the next game. Man, this series, these are going to be tough games to cap, Steve. I think it's flip a coin. They're going to come right down to the wire. I think this series goes seven, but – or does it? Does Miami just sort of have that defensive it factor that's the difference in this series? What's your take moving forward here?
1: Well, I mentioned today on the show that I was kind of rooting for the Clippers-Lakers series also, so it'd be a competitive series because this, obviously, the Celtics were only a $1. thirty series favorite, and I think when you have two evenly matched teams like this, the zigzag does work better. The bounce-back angles work better. I had the Celtics as a play tonight. That was my NBA best bet. Feeling pretty good when they're up by 14th in the damn fourth quarter, and then, of course, we know how it finishes, so I liked them tonight. I didn't see anything that makes me like them less in game two and off the bounce-back loss, but then again... You never know how these teams respond. This year, twenty twenty is not like a normal season, as we've talked about.
0: Hey, the Miami Heat, dude, have only lost one basketball game in the playoffs. Steve,
1: I know they lost one game. And, and what do you make of that, Gabe? You know, I mean, the pa- the Pacers were an overrated team, in my opinion, yep. but a decent team. And then the Bucs. We the talked Bucks about were the dysfunctional I Bucks, know. who were losing uh, a losing record in the bubble. Yeah, so. That's why I like the Celtics tonight. And, you know, they were up by 14. So, I, I don't know. I mean, what was your take on the game tonight? Do you feel like the Celtics outplayed them? I mean, they were up by 14 in the fourth quarter. I think that the Celtics the
0: Celtics are good, but I think they rely on Jason Tatum too much. Kemba Walker steps up with big late shots. But I watch, you know, I'm a Raptor fan, so I watch every second possession of every little everything of that series, Steve. You know what I mean? Of the seven games against the Raptors. You and I talked about it. The Raptors were six for 48 or whatever from three through the first couple of games. Pascal Siakam averages 23 points a game. Saw the kid forgot how to play basketball. Not just scoring, Steve, but turning it over, defensive lapses, and they still went seven games and lost by five points. So I like Miami coming in here. You know what I mean? I thought, listen, if the Raptors, like, Boston are good, but I think Miami are just a little bit street tougher, if you know what I mean. And you know we saw that with the block tonight. Yeah. Right. You know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Abadeo and these guys and Kelly Olynyk. I just think they're a little uh, not mentally tougher, but just a little bit street ball tougher. Steve, I think it's the difference.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. And I mean, I think the uh, the three point line is the great equalizer. By the way, we didn't talk on this on the Lakers yet. The Lakers broke their franchise record four different times already this postseason for three-pointers made in the playoff game, the entire record of the franchise. Now, granted, they had not been in the playoffs for seven years since 2013, but three times against Portland and then against Houston in game five on Saturday when they made 19 threes was the fourth time this month or over the last month they set a franchise record for threes made. It's obviously a different game now. But they're hitting the ball. And the question to me is, can they keep shooting like that as well? You Hold look on, at the night, um, you know, the, the heat. We'll hit this
0: on the Thanks, other buddy. side, Steve Merrill. Sports rage late night continues. I am Marenzi. Bet your age. Quickest 120 minutes in sports. Rapid fire so far. Level one nearly done here. We've got a couple of minutes left with Steve Merrill, Pro Sports Info. Uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter, at Steve Merrill. And, um, of course, Wager Talk uh, TV. Kicking it with Teddy Covers, who uh, joins us uh, weekly. Tony Finn will join us a little bit uh, later on. So much uh, going on in the sports world uh, right now, uh, Steve. We haven't gotten into uh, the football there is Thursday night football, NFL. Well, actually, that's not called NFL football. There's Thursday. There's Thursday night football <laughs> uh, between the Ohio Bengals football. and the Browns. I, I, yeah, I don't know if it we, is it fair to call it pro football uh, between the Bengals and the Browns. But <laughs> all kidding aside, man, should the Cleveland Browns be favored by five and a half against the Ohio Bobcats? Like seriously. And I, I watched both teams play. Not much of the Cleveland game. It was a route. But I watched all of the Cincinnati game. I wanted to see Burrow's debut, and I had money on him. I got a push, uh, plus three, only because the jerk off kicker uh, missed the kick at the end of the game. But um, they were competitive. They've got some talent. You got AJ Green. You got Boyd. You got Mixon. Uh, Burrow didn't look out of place. He looked fine. He, you know, he's he's got some learning to do, but he looked fine. And this Cleveland team, Steve, new coach, so what? And now there's a rumor today, and it's not even a rumor. Uh, Mary Cabot, who covers the team, says it's true. Beckham wants out. It's real. Odell wants out. They see it's going to implode. They're going to get him out of here. One week, they're falling apart. Same old Browns. Can't lay five and a half with this. What's your take?
1: By the way, Gabe, uh, Gino and some other guys in the chat, they're exactly right. I think what NBC was saying is it's the 15th year they've had Sunday night football. That makes sense now. Because when I saw Gino say ESPN, TNT, I was like, I knew as a kid I watched it too. So that's what it was. Because I I knew damn well ever since I've been a professional handicapper, I've had Sunday night football. So thank you guys for pointing that out. That's why I love the chat room, keeping us straight, because things run together after a while. But, yeah, I think it's NBC. stiff. ESPN have here, anyway. Sunday night
0: football? What, with Mike Patrick in the old days? Wasn't yeah, I remember ESPN having
1: it like in the 90s. Yeah, ABC still had Monday night or whoever. got to get out of here, habits.
0: Steve. Browns or Bengals?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, maybe the over. Two quarterbacks, like you said. I mean, we'll see. I I think Sensi looks looks like a live dog right now, though.